Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we have the group Sit Kitty Sit. The true appeal of this hard rock duo is expertly engineered fusion of blow-your-mind power rock and skill for precision that leaves audience screaming for more. Cat Downs and Mike Thompson, two highly accomplished veterans of the San Francisco music scene, decided to experiment with a combination of classical piano and rock drumming back in 2010. For more than 10 years, fans have loved witnessing the real-life mashup Sit Kitty Sit choreographs during its live performances and digital recordings. The dramatic, expressive styling of Beethoven and Rachmaninoff with the lyrical vulnerability of Led Zeppelin and Rush. Touring almost non-stop since 2013, Sit Kitty Sit has become known for consistently electrifying its audiences with powerful, intense live performances and developing a strong community of faithful, almost cult-style following across the U.S. and Europe. So let's get right into the conversation with Kat and Mike of Sit Kitty Sit. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Happy to be here. Why don't you introduce yourselves a little bit? Sure, sure. So my name is Kat Downs and I am piano and vocals. Yep. And I'm Mike Thompson. I I do drums and percussion and sometimes backup vocals. We're working on that still. (laughs) Backup screaming maybe is more appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and co- and comedic relief. <laughs> I've been really brushing up on my one-liners lately, so, you know, especially for, like, live shows. Yeah. You know. Should you talk to um, the guy that does the voiceover for the podcast? He's a he's a comedian. Maybe he'll give right you some, he can give you some pointers, maybe. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, got to stick together here. Exactly. <laughs> so what's your uh, your music origin story? How did you, how did music enter your lives, and how did it get to you to where you are now? I've been playing piano since I was six. So music's just been part of my life my whole life. And then Mike started when he were, what, 10? 10. I was about 10, 10 years old when I started playing drums. Yep. Yeah, my, I, I started because my, my dad was a drummer and, and some other, my cousin was a drummer. And, you know, drums were kind of floating around in my family. And, and, but my dad had a band, you know, when I was a little kid and they played at our house in the basement. So the drums are always there and, you know, and I, 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 you know, I tried to, I actually started around eight years old showing interest and quickly abandoned that, um, you know, <laughs> and my dad's like, all right, well, whatever. And then again, at 10, I, I was like, okay, I really, really want to do this now. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Cause I saw this Pink Floyd video and I, the Pink Floyd live concert video. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. He's like, all right, here we go. Nice. Nice. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, continued on through high school and mm-hmm. on to college. Yeah, you guys can see the the drums I have behind me. Those are two shells that I haven't put on the drum set that I have 
My dad is a drummer as well. Nice. Oh, great. Yeah, I noticed those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it helps. He wouldn't let me be a drummer, though. He said that he didn't. He wanted me to learn how to read music and everything first, and then I can pick up whatever instrument I want. So he stuck me on the saxophone. <laughs> yeah, well, I often, you know, <clears throat> wish that I had started piano when I started drums. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I really, but, you know, I didn't really show any interest towards that. And, you know, my dad, he's just a drummer, so he... You know, he, he was just like, here's how you play rock and roll. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but, you know, had I, you know, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Know, now, looking back, I'm like, man, I really wish I had done that. But whatever. Yeah. You know, you, that's why I have cat. Right. There you go. <laughs> the path you took led you to where you are today. Indeed. Exactly. Kind of give us a little bit of background of your history, a little bit of playing out live. So I, I mean, I was, you know, from the time I started, I was playing, you know, we played multiple recitals per year. I would play in school talent shows and, you know, then in high school and stuff, it's like, you know, bigger productions and yada, yada. And then I didn't actually start writing any music until I moved to California, <clears throat> which was in 2001. Um, so I moved from Green Bay to the San Francisco Bay area in 2001. And that's when I really started songwriting. Before that, it was all mostly classical. And I ended up joining um, a singer-songwriter group, a bunch of other really amazing women. And we started putting on little like theater shows because okay. there's a lot, a lot of really amazing independent theaters in San Francisco. So it was very, it was easy to find space, which was super cool. Um, so we started putting on little theater shows. Those were actually my first performances where I was writing or performing music that I wrote, which was terrifying. <laughs> um, and then after that, um, I pretty much I, I wanted to learn more about rock music and perform more rock music. <clears throat> but I, you know, it just wasn't what I was brought up on. So I decided to just say yes to everything that came along, which is how I ended up in Sparrow's Point, which is a theatrical heavy metal band. Um that used, um, you know, full makeup, costumes, uh, the lead singer breathed fire on stage, um, you know, fake blood spraying all over the place <laughs> and people hanging from marionette strings okay. over the stage. Like, just all sorts of crazy stuff. That's how I ended up in that band for a couple of years. And then after that, um, I would sub in for a lot of other bands. Like by that point, I, you know, networked and learned, you know, met a lot of people. And so I was subbing in for a lot of people. Um, then I ended up in Saints of Ruin, which is a goth rock band that were, they were already established. They were really big on the, on like the vampire goth circuit. Okay. So we would play, you know, we'd had, we'd had like, like headline, like the Anne Rice vampire ball and stuff like that in New Orleans every year. And, um, it was great. Cause like, we'd show up at places like that and everyone knew who we were okay. and like, you couldn't walk 10 steps without an autograph <laughs> and then you'd leave and be nobody. And it was amazing. I was like, this is the best thing. <laughs> and then we were, so, um, I'm like, <laughs> go home and I'm back to being nobody. And it's right. perfect. You can be a stranger um, again. And then, exactly. <laughs> so, um, that was really, really fun. And those guys were really, really great to work with. And all the fans were really amazing. Um, and then I met Mike while I was still in Saints of Ruin. And okay. that's when we started messing around with Sickety Sit. So, um, mm -hmm. and that was, we, we started performing out in 2010. 2010. So it's been 11 years 11 now years we've now. been okay. working together. Yeah. yeah. 11 years. And Mike, did you, did you um, yeah. have something similar to that before doing this? Um, uh, sort of, I went, uh, I guess right around when I was 15, um, is when I started to play in bands in, you know, high school. Um, so I'd taken lessons and I'd done recitals and stuff, you know, and talent shows on my own. 
um, before that. And then once I got into like eighth grade or something, ninth grade, then I started jamming with a whole bunch of people okay. um, at school formed, you know, I was in a couple different bands. It was, a, you know, like a Grateful Dead tribute band then a ska band and then a metal band. And then, you know, just kind of running the gamut of right, all, right. you know, what can I play? Who, who wants to play? I mean, the town where I grew up in, in Rhode Island was just, just like stacked with awesome, awesome musicians. It's really weird. You know, it's like it's a tiny town, but there's just a ton of talent there um, in Westerly, Rhode Island. And so, you know, there was no shortage of jams going around, like, you know, people that wanted to play. Uh, and then, and then when I was in high school, I just joined the jazz band because I, you know, I, after I decided that I wanted to pursue music full time, um, is when I kind of really got serious about, you know, my college education, which, you know, eventually I went to Berkeley college of music in Boston, Okay. but, you know, to get there, I had to really kind of round out my chops a little, because at that point it was just kind of really just rock and roll, you know? Um, and so I, I really got into jazz and, you know, marching band, you know, in high school and, and our, our music instructor, he was, he also went to Berkeley. So he helped me prepare, you know, to get into that. And, and I played in the jazz band and stuff like that. And then once I got to Berkeley, it was a real uh, eye-opening experience, very humbling uh, experience. And I learned a lot of stuff that I never really played before, like a lot of world music. Okay. Uh, you know latin stuff and and just dove more into jazz of course um and, and more blues and stuff you know and so really I, it just expanded my mind and played a lot of different stuff you know different kinds of music that i never done before and that stuck with me since you know which then kind of helped me um when sickity sit became a thing and since there's only two of us you know there's a lot of room to kind of do you know whatever we want right you know as opposed to you know, when you're in like a four or five piece band, your roles are more um, kind of narrowed down to the kind of one thing almost, mm -hmm. you know, like when I and when I when I graduated Berkeley, I went to move to Austin and I played in a band called band there called Big Nasty. And it was a big it was just like a big blues, you know, Southern kind of like Aerosmith, Allman Brothers, Zeppelin -y kind of band. It was okay. like five of us. And, you know, that was just like kind of your straight kind of, you know, classic rock and roll, you know, drumming. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome and that was great. But, you know, once I once I got to California, um, I, I'd only moved there maybe four years after Cat, but we hadn't we didn't meet in, you know, for another five years or so. But I played in some bands out there and they were more, you know more towards kind of the shoegaze style. Um a little bit more surf rocky, you know, different kinds of cool stuff, but it was still sort of along the same genre line that I was I've been accustomed to. Right. So it wasn't until this band that I could really kind of branch out and explore other styles of music that I learned in college and, you know, just, just different creative. Cause you know, I had to fill up the space, yeah. you know, it was just her and I, so right. I kind of had free reign to do whatever. And so it was really challenging. That's why I love this band so much is, you know, it's, it's just creatively very challenging to kind of keep up and keep it fresh and keep it cool and keep our sound, our sound, you right. know, it's our albums, if you go down our albums and, you know, there's just so many blends of genres in there, which is partly why, probably why we have such a hard time marketing ourselves. <laughs> 
you know, for so long because it's like, well, what kind of music are you? We're like, well, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're kind of all over the place. I mean, at the core of it, we're a hard piano rock, but you'll hear elements of, I mean, everything really on right. the sun, you know? And so, yeah, we met uh, through a friend of ours and she, you know, we just played, I played a song on her solo record. Uh, it was supposed to be a one-off and it turned into 11 years. It turned into an 11 year band. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, a, like, a, and you know, counting, about, 11 and years counting. and counting. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah. 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 It, yeah, really, it is. really is. It really is. Definitely uh, did not see that coming. Neither of us. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the best things are, are like that, aren't they? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So you guys have a wealth of knowledge of different music scenes played in a lot of different places. So why don't you, kind of, if you can, why don't you kind of give us what the positives that you saw, the majority of the positives that you saw where you played, where you lived locally in the music scene compared to Wisconsin now? Well, I would say, honestly, the the SF scene is, it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very diverse musically. Mm -hmm. It's really, really diverse musically, which is very exciting because you could go to the same club night after night, you know, on, on the nights that they had live music yeah. and you would hear completely different stuff mm -hmm. every single night. Amazing. So it could be, you know, it could be orchestral rock. It could be hip hop. It could be, you know, a folk band. It could be whatever. And, and that's what I really loved about living there is that, you know, when you would go out to shows or you know, go to like, you know, musician meetup groups or whatever, you'd meet people that were like in every genre you could imagine. Yeah. So that was really, really neat. The difference here, and this is this is what's so interesting to us having relocated, you know, I mean, I'm from Wisconsin originally, but we just came back a year ago. And Mike, this is the first time Mike's ever lived here, is that in, you know, in California, in the Bay Area, like, I mean, we're not really, you know, competing with each other because, you know, lots of people like different kinds of music. Right. But mm -hmm. if you're going to look at it like as a, as like a competing thing, you were competing with other original artists versus right. here where it's original art versus cover bands. Yes. And that's a totally new thing for us. And like, it's also something that hadn't even occurred to me. So when we walked into that and we were like, what? Mm. Like, like, that's super weird so yeah. like for us that's a big adjustment we're like what do you mean we're competing against cover bands why would we you know yeah cover yeah. cover bands are kind of really few and far between out, out there yeah very um, few and far between and yeah it just wasn't it's just not a thing you know and, and that's you know whatever and if if they were cover bands they weren't cover bands they were tribute, tribute bands. bands yeah so yeah. they would so they would be like they would be like super fine-tuned and like have their shtick mm -hmm. down yeah. and like their costumes and the musicianship was usually off the charts and like all that kind of stuff so those were the only like cover bands that we ever saw out there mm -hmm. so having their like there's there so many like cover bands that just play like you know, all of eighties, nineties and two thousands around here. Like that's just, yeah. that was, I, I, I had like forgotten bands like that existed <laughs> to be honest. No, no, no hate. No, no, no like I'm not throwing no. any shade on anybody. Like I just like, I just had like completely forgotten that that was even a thing. Like uh, well, I didn't even you know. Yeah. It's just a different <clears throat> scene out here because there's so much more um, like the, there's, well, there's a lot more colleges, Yeah. you know, here than, and I would say, in, in like within a 250 mile radius in the Bay Area mm -hmm. compared to here, there's way more colleges. Way more scenes colleges. Are totally different, you know, and and it's just a lot more, you know, partying. <laughs> and and 
I don't know. It's it's great. I, I, I love it here. I think it's fantastic. There's a ton of great musicians and just really cool towns and places to play. It feels it feels like there's a lot more opportunity here for us to do what we want to do as opposed to there, mainly because it just feels like there's so many more places to play outside of Appleton, where yeah. we are, you know, or Menasha, right. really. But, um, you know, but, you know, being in the Bay Area, it's kind of isolated in terms of like traveling wise, you know, you once you leave the Bay Area, it's kind of takes a while to get to any other major city. I mean, aside from Sacramento, I mean, Reno is like four hours or three hours. So um, east and then south, it's like the next big kind of town to play in might be Santa Cruz, maybe. May, I mean, maybe, but like, you know, mostly but it's, it's like if you're going to hit the major cities, like you'd hit, you know, San Francisco, LA is six hours yeah, south. I mean, San Francisco is almost three hours north. You know, so it was really hard. Like you, if you were in the Bay Area, you would play the Bay Area and you'd play Oakland. And like, even, I mean, that's a very big stretch of space. Okay. So like the people in Oakland were like, oh, your show's in SF. That's like so far. And, if, and then the people in SF would be like, oh, your show's in Oakland. Yeah. That's like so far. And it's like, is it though? Yeah. You know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was an amazing community of people and it was, it was very sad for us to leave, especially, I mean, honestly, if we had like come into the Bay Area, like even you know, seven hours or seven hours, seven like years later than we did, we probably would have hung out. But like, we were there right when it was, you know, it was hopping and they were like amazing, you know, almost every club had live music and there was just like opportunities abound and all sorts of stuff. And then what ended up happening was, you know, the tech boom uh, came up again. Um, and then like when Twitter and Google and companies like that ended up moving, they used to initially have campuses like outside of San Francisco. And then they, they ended up moving into San Francisco and we're actually inside San Francisco okay. proper. Um, and so like, you know, the rents started to skyrocket. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of uh, clubs ended up getting bought out, torn down and turned into condos. I mean, yeah, we lost I, a lot of like, great I, clubs I, in I the could last count, 10 years. I, I would run out of fingers and toes to list off all the clubs that, that we, you know, we, that closed yeah. while we were still there. Yeah. And so it just started in, and I, like I said, if we had come in into the scene later or whatever, like maybe that wouldn't have bothered us as much, but we were kind of like old school yeah, of the scene right, and it right. was just every single time it was just, it was just like someone stabbing you in the heart. And finally I was like, bro, I hate to do this, but I'm like, mm -hmm. I think I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like it's making me so sad. Like this is making me yeah. so sad. It's, it's just like the, that <laughs> yeah. and, and the cost of living there as an independent artist, it's really tough. It is really you tough. Know? Yeah. I mean, um, we were doing it, but it was, yeah, it was tough. It's doable, but it's not enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Um, and so, you know, and we've got a great, we've got a great team out here. I mean, we've yeah. got a, we've got a team, an, an SKS team that, that helps us out. And, you know, cats folks are here in mm -hmm. green Bay um, and just seem to do pretty, pretty okay. Yeah, and, the, and the see, honestly, every time we came here through <clears throat> here on tour, cause we, you know, we've been on about eight national tours all, all together. Um, and every time we came through here, like the Appleton scene, I mean, you know, cause we only could hit like a couple limited places. So we would usually like hit either Green Bay or Appleton. Okay. And the music scenes in all, in both places have just been consistently phenomenal year after year after year. So when we were looking at leaving the Bay area, um, you know, we actually made a list of like what our pros and cons were. And like, if we're, if we're going to uproot our lives, like what are we looking for? And we made this huge 
list and then we started naming off different cities that we'd you know been through while we were on tour because we weren't we weren't 100 going to come here specifically okay. but you know we'd listed off all these cities that we were considering and then we would go down that checkbox or the, that checklist and be like okay well you know does it offer this does it offer this does it offer this and wisconsin was the one that actually checked all of the boxes mm. and we were like all right well i guess i'm going home <laughs> and and i honestly we've been we've been so happy ever since we came here it was the right call for us and we really love being here yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. So why don't you kind of let people know about what you mean by you have a team here, you know, who who is involved and, and what do they do to help you get uh, national attention? Sure. Um, well, uh, Andrea Hubbard, our fantastic uh, PR person, mm-hmm. um, Hub and Company. She's she's been we've been working with her for about two months now or so three months. Yeah. Um, she worked with us on getting our latest single out, Good Riddance, um, which is out everywhere mm-hmm. um and that that was actually the first single we we released in over two years uh just because of all the craziness in the past year yeah. and, life and, I mean, pandemic like, yeah etc um, it's been really wild so we released that on <laughs> september 13th um and so she's been working with us and, and also helping us to get that out and and new shows coming up and just all things pr she's been fantastic and mm-hmm. then um um, we've got Carrie Devine, uh, who you know lives here here in Nina, and she she does our all of our production really and logistics, logistics production, anything um, you know, equipment management, all that kind of all that kind of stuff. Uh, lighting, she runs sound for us at live shows, um, you know, when we have to bring our own sound or something like that. And then we and then um, Denise Ullman, she's our our wonderful merch person who um handles pretty much all things you know merch at shows and and just does a lot on getting the word out on social media um and then you know ryan Colossa, who is a kind of a big deal uh here in the <laughs> in the fox valley um he's a he's a he's our videographer he's done our last geez two seven, or three seven music seven? videos yeah like a lot of them well with yeah, with, <clears throat> yeah kind of with youtube yeah, yeah he's if you go on our, our YouTube channel, like pretty much our last six or seven recent videos have been done by him. And he's absolutely phenomenal. Fantastic. Phenomenal, genius. Yeah. Um, he did the video for this, this new release, Good Riddance, uh, which is up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and then the, the newest member of our team is Grace um, Banyan, who is helping us with all of our YouTube stuff. YouTube. Uh, yeah. YouTube guru. Yep. So she's a YouTube um, guru and, and got, handles all um, that stuff. Liz Jolly up, yep. in, up in Abrams, who does a lot of our costuming and makeup and makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a set design. <laughs> like, a... I mean, it's just like, I mean, yeah. Like, and then and then <laughs> we, we refer to them as the beautiful dream team, because amongst all of them, if we were like, but what if we wanted to do fill in the blank? And then they're all like this, 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 this. And then Carrie will take it and be like, and this is the order and this is the time frame, and this is how we have to do it. And this is the order we have to do it in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really phenomenal because, um, you know, being a, being a full-time musician is real hard and it can be real soul draining at times. And it's so great having all these people around us because they, they will hype us up when we have no hype left. Like, we're just like, we don't care anymore. We just want to climb into the bed. And they're like, <laughs> no, we can do it. And like, yeah. you know, it's like, so there's, you know, it's like having this little cheerleading squad next to you, which yeah. is, I, it's just completely invaluable. And I love them all so, so, so much. Yeah. They, they were all, they were all pretty involved. I mean, they were involved when we were in California, but it's just like, they're like, look, you guys <laughs> need to come here. And like, so we could do so much more if you were here. I mean, it's just, and they were right, yep. of course, because <laughs> as they often are. Yep. 
Because if it makes their job easier, then they can be more successful with what they're doing for you. Right. Yeah, it's been great. And they've been good. I mean, we, so when we got here, we uh, ended up building out a recording studio um, in our basement, Um, you know, full recording studio and and also kind of a theater. It's like a, yeah, it's like a video production. Video it's almost like a theater. it's like a black box theater oh, yeah, cool. because we can turn it into whatever Very we need cool. to turn it into. Yeah, so yeah. we've done and and then our, on our YouTube page you'll see some, you know, live streams or songs that we filmed down there. We have a big projection screen behind us. So, you know, Ryan can do some cool cool stuff, cool videos and effects while we play and you know, Carrie's running all the lights and it's really it's pretty it's pretty great. And we're working towards actually getting that ready to kind of rent out for, you know, um, any musicians that want to record for a day or whatever. Are you a recording um, engineer yourself? We are we, now. We can do the, we can do the engineering. Like I don't consider myself an engineer enough to like, I won't mix and master it for you, but if you want some real awesome, like you want all your tracks and you want solid quality tracks and you, you know, I know how to get everything like at the right levels and everywhere you need to be, then we can like, give it to you gotcha. and you could do it yourself or or we can recommend we can yeah. recommend a couple people that are amazing engineers that would be more than happy to yeah. take that on for you like for our latest single good riddance we recorded it ourselves okay and then sent it to um yeah. friends of ours over in in england um that we're real close with who have a also a recording studio but yeah. they did the mixing and the mastering for us uh and you know it, i i think it came out great um so you know that's kind of our project now and and really for the winter um we're going to really be working on a lot more videos uh and stuff like that you know over the holidays we, te- we tend not to really play a lot of shows over the holidays because yeah. it's you know it's, yeah Atten- att- attendance is usually tough during yeah. the holiday season so yeah yeah i remember we <clears throat> a band i was in we had a, a gig at shank hall and just happened to be a blizzard that night nice yeah <laughs> of no, course no. yeah of course yeah <laughs> So oh, nobody man, showed, of course. I mean, we played. Yeah, we were there already, but yeah, yeah, sure, just in case. But no, yeah, you know, it, yeah. At that point, you know, you just line up the beers and have a good old rehearsal. <laughs> yep. <fun> time and, <laughs> yep. You know, play for the bartender. Yep. And that's that. We've yep. done. We've done many of those. Believe yeah. me, we know it well. You guys were talking about lights and costumes and makeup. So describe your show. Um, well, the, the costumes and the makeup and stuff I was talking about are more for music videos, but like what, what you'd see at our live show, I perform, uh, sitting, uh, at a keyboard and I'm, I'm sitting down, which is, um, a lot of times when you see people play like digital boards, like they're usually standing up. So first off I'm sitting down and, but I am not sitting still. (laughs) That is the thing. So legs and hair flying. There's lots of head banging. Um, my hands are ripping around. I play very hard. I usually break at least two nails per show. Um, which leads us to how we got our name. Which is really, yeah, that's how we ended up getting the name is because I, I flail around so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I play barefoot so that I don't lose the pedal. And um, yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of a wild and crazy. It's a lot of energy. And when Mike plays the drums, he too, like very, I mean, he's, he plays so hard. It's, it's awesome. And yeah. Hard with finesse. Hard with finesse. But then, you know, he'll stand, he'll stand up and play the drums yeah. and like all sorts of stuff. So it's a very, for, for two people that are seated behind their instruments, it's a very high energy show. Yeah. And, you know, it also makes, it also makes, you know, when we can have, um, you know, backdrop available, 
you know, video or effects or stuff like that, you know, it's kind of helps because, you know, we don't have that guitar player or that lead singer, you know, prancing around stage or, you know, doing right. all that kind of that sort of, yeah. you know, visual. So it, it can, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, it, to have like Ryan playing stuff behind us does help, even though we are, you know, very fun to watch, mm -hmm. you know, and, and definitely animated yes. on stage, but highly animated, you know, sometimes at clubs though, you know, if the stage is real low <laughs> and there's, you know, a lot of people standing in front of us, yeah. people that are just, be, you know, behind them can't really see us, what we're doing. So that's, that's kind of sometimes a problem, but you know, whatever, we just, we just keep rocking. Yep. Eventually they'll make it to the stage. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Blood and Bones is actually a song about being on the road. Basically, I took the entire kind of storyline of like one very long tour we were on during a summer and condensed that into what Blood and Bones is. And the name comes from all the, I mean, just insane amounts of roadkill, big roadkill, like elk and deer and whatever. We're like the, the whole road would just be covered. It was bizarre and we've never seen anything like it or since. And it just seemed, it seemed like a sign of some sort. I don't know what, but <laughs> there it was. So that's where the song was born.
Going back to when we were talking about the positive local scenes, uh, what are some of the struggles you have observed over the years? Getting um, anywhere, getting new people to come and see you. You know, it's it's getting your friends who love you and are always there at your shows, no matter what, to actually spread the word to other people to come to the shows. Yeah, (laughs) it's like. (laughs) You know, you always have kind of the same crew that you can depend on to come to shows. Which is awesome. Which is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But it's like, you know, we can only do so much promotion. And it's like, if you, they could just also like bring like one extra person the next time they come, and then they could bring one extra person the next time they come, you know, that would be really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, and it just doesn't really work like that a lot and that's just not for us i think it's for a lot of people um and and i think like you know especially in in scenes that are so you know dense with bands and music and you know all the time it's 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 hard to 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 kind of stand out a lot you know and do something that's different or catch catch fire you know when there's just so much for people to choose from and pick kind of like online these days in social media. It's like, there's just so much going on and, yeah. and, and, and stuff. It's like, if you don't, you, you really got to stand out in a way that, that, that catches people's eye, you know, and, and makes them want to spread the word or come back. And, right. So you have any ideas solution wise to help that make more of a possibility? Um, In the past we have, it's just, We've experimented with some things in the past, nothing that's really like clicked or taken off for real, but mostly it's just, I'm trying to figure out something, I'm trying to translate feelings into words one moment. Um, If you are a person who likes to like go out, meaning like if you're an extroverted person or you're an introvert who's like, you know, and it it doesn't have to be anything in particular. Like if you just are like, "Mm, it's Friday and I don't feel like being home. Um, A, wear a mask, please. Holy crap. But, um, you know, like, think about, think about swinging by somewhere that's got live music. And actually what, what was great, I, what I do have to say is the one scene that I, I, where I did see this happening was in LA of all places where the people would go to the venue. They didn't care who was playing. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to go to the venue or like that was their favorite bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like swing by someplace that has live music for like half an hour, you know, go in, have a cocktail or two, whatever, and just check out what's around. And you might be pleasantly surprised because the level of the level of professional musicianship around here specifically, Mm -hmm. phenomenal. Like anywhere you walk in, you're going to hear something good and you might meet your new favorite band. You know, you never know. So I would just say it's like, it's one of those things like instead of, instead of of like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It's like, instead of like, you know, picking out what band you're going to see, just pick a place and go there and yeah. see what you find out. You know, that could, that would be fun. And if more people did that, I think we, it would, it would broaden, it would broad, broaden the whole music scene a lot more. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, over the years while being on tour, especially in new places where people didn't know where we were, a lot of our fans 
were regulars of the venue or would usually attend a lot of shows there or just were kind of always there because yep. the venue usually had good music. And, you know, they would be there, not really for us, but, right. you know, by the end of the show, they were like, holy crap, we're, we're a family now. Yeah. We're your best friends. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many of our fans that's the, so, you know, I, it's, I know it's, it's hard, like, especially these days, you know, to go out and feel safe and feel, you know, like you want to, you know, participate in society again. And I know people do, but it's a very confusing time still. Um, but, you know, there are places that are being responsible and it is possible to go out and have a good time and yep. see like lots of good music that's just kind of, that's just always happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we go, you know, we do the same thing. We'll go out and see bands and, and, and network and, you know, because we're still kind of navigating this scene. I mean, yeah. we've only been here about a year. Yeah. Right. About a year. So, so we're, we're still new here. We're still pretty yeah. new about, and and of course, we moved here during, you know, the most <laughs> fucked up time. It's like, yeah. <laughs> of course we did. You know what right. I mean? Even though, like, that's been planned. We we already planned this well before the pandemic. Yeah. Hit. And, and so, like, a lot of things are already kind of in place. And, well, you know, before that hit, and we're like, well, shit, now what? Yeah. Well, we, we're going to have to press on yeah you know? right and we did yep um which you know honestly in retrospect there was a silver lining to it because since we couldn't play out and tour and stuff like that gave us an opportunity to really build our studio the way we wanted it to you Excellent. know and not have to rush it and, and so we kind of really took our time with it and you know it's pretty good it's pretty cool very cool let's go talk a little bit about your current project you said you just had a single being released so Tell us what the goal is with this project and your new single. So the new single is called Good Riddance, and it was half <clears throat> written in California and half written once we got here to Wisconsin. And it's um, it's sort of reflecting on those bittersweet moments of like endings and new beginnings, because endings tend to be scary and beginning or endings tend to be sad and beginnings tend to be scary. So it's just kind of like saying goodbye to something in order to move on to okay. what's next. Yeah. And that's available, obviously, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the next things that we're going to work on, we're actually going to work on uh, a couple new videos for some songs already already released. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because right now we're still kind of chewing on concepts for the for a new album. Mm-hmm. And we've got some ideas floating around and, and whatnot, but um, nothing's really formed quite yet. Um, but I think we'll use the, the time off you know, holiday time off to do some filming. Okay. And, and to solidify and, what we're, to solidify what in the what world we're doing. What we're going to be doing <laughs> for next year. Um, like, it's like we have, we, we're like <clears throat> bouncing around between like three different things and we're like, are these actually, like, are these connected or is it got to be this, this or this? You know, it's yeah, so like, right. yeah, anyway, but um, um, that's, that's what the holiday time is for. Right. Yeah. So basically our next show is at McFleshman's uh, Brewing Company in Appleton. They're doing a big Halloween kind of extravaganza bash on October 30th. Okay. Which is should be a blast. And then after that, you know, nothing booked for, for the rest of the year show-wise. But we'll be busy for sure. Very busy online. And um, I'm kind of working towards probably booking a tour, hopefully, next spring. I don't really know. I mean... It, like Mar- March, April. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it just... There's just still so much uncertainty. Yeah. You know, with travel and all this stuff. And, and I really... I hate to put in it's because booking is a lot of work and I really would hate to put in all that work and have, have to then cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know? So I don't know. I'm just kind of 
floating around that idea yeah. for now. So we shall see. Good Readings is available anywhere you download music. So it's on Spotify, Pandora. You can download it to your laptop on uh, Bandcamp. iTunes. iTunes. Uh, at, like everywhere. Yeah. Deezer. I mean, the yeah. The video is so, up on YouTube. Yeah, the video is on YouTube. Um, um, our YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash sitkittysit, mm -hmm. all one word. Okay. Um, you can you can waste so much time on our YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's yeah, there's all sorts of fun stuff on there. All of our videos tend to be a little bit on the the darker, slightly mm -hmm. gothy side. Mm -hmm. We've got a series. <laughs> we've got a, a four or five part series on there about our move yeah. across country. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and the building of the studio. Yeah, yeah. From from leaving California, our whole trek across country, arriving here in Wisconsin, and building the studio. Um, there's like a whole series on that on a YouTube page, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So yeah, we're just working on really just putting up, getting more content for that yeah. page. Yeah. Um, over the next couple months. What gig has made the most impression on you as either an audience member or as a performer? Hmm. Ooh, good question. Interesting. As an audience member, I would say. Uh, it was when I saw, I went to, Mike and I actually both went to Paul Simon's farewell tour. Okay. Mm -hmm. We went and saw him in at Oakland, right? At the Oracle? Uh, no, that was at the Greek theater, wasn't it? No. Oh, it was, that, that was the yeah. second one. Yeah, it was the, the second yeah, time, yes. It was the Oracle in, yes. in, in, in Oakland. And what, <clears throat> what really floored me about, so I'm like, I'm a huge fan of Paul Simon, especially his lyrics are just ridiculously, and I just want to punch him because he's so good. Um, <laughs> but he had new arrangements of every single song, or I should say most of them anyway. So like, for instance, the song Can't Run But, which is one of the ones I love. Um, it was a full, it was a it was a little miniature like wind, I wanna say ensemble, but it was like nine people. So it was too big to be like a choir. So like, it was like, but it was like a bass clarinet, two flutes, a piccolo, um, <clears throat> a couple clarinets and like an oboe. And like, and the arrangement was flawless like it was just the coolest and I'm like it never would have occurred to me to have done that again I just want to punch him in the head I'm like German is so good oh. you know like but um so like the whole the whole show was just like that the the rearrangements of things the thought that was put into it like the the level of talent and like just it was so perfectly created as a show um, was just really, really, really mm -hmm. beautiful. And I, you know, I sobbed like a baby through like the whole thing. It yeah, was so good. Um, amazing. As His a, band is just out of yeah, control. Yeah. I mean, yeah. speaking of bands out of like, yeah. I would say for me, like Prince, I saw Prince in Oakland. Um, and that was oh, nice. again, band out of control. You know, <laughs> you're just like, what is even happening? right now in reality like this is insanity it was like the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen and like i don't i don't even know how to describe it but it was just flawless and the energy was just like like i like I, my my jaw was dropped the whole time i was like oh my god this is so good and what i loved even more was like even after the show was done like he came back like the, the show was done the lights went up people were leaving then he came back out um, f with just his drummer and bass player and proceeded to tear the shit out of Voodoo Child. Like, it was like the most scorching version of Voodoo Child I ever heard in my life. And he's just shredding and people are like, what do we do? We're, we're, 
Oh my god! And like people are like running back in, and this and the lights are up. This is like full bright stadium, you know. And he's just yeah, like right, ripping right. through Hendrix, and I'm like, oh my god! I I don't even like my head was about to explode. It, it, oh my god! It was. I'll never forget that. I was like, well, because I, 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 I don't even know. I don't know. But that was wow. <laughs> it was it was amazing. And I was like, amazing. now that that's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's what I am talking about right there. And like just. Was and he was just lo- you know, you could. T- he was just loving it because he loves it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And right, right. And it was like, I mean, he was like shredding and everything, but it was like, just everything that he played though made made perfect sense. It wasn't just like showing off. I'm just like, mm-hmm. damn, right, like, right. And there was just the three of them, and it was just like, whoa. Um, <clears throat> so that yeah, it's something I was like, that's I I I want you to be there. How do I get up there? I want to do that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's for me. That was a highlight of my life for sure. To see that. Awesome. To see him. Very awesome. Yeah. Um, and for yeah. us, I mean, God, I don't even know. I mean, we've done some really great shows, memorable, memorable shows and crowds. Um, you know, homecoming shows were always good when we come off tour mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Uh, we've been on the road for a month or so. Those were great. Um you know, release shows are always great. We had great support there too. Mm-hmm. A lot of great fans. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, shows here equally, you know, when we were on tour, um, we're always great. Yep. Uh, you know, we People play, like thrash dancing. It was fun. One of, one of our, <laughs> yeah. one of our really, we played, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. We played at side outs tavern in Illinois. Um, just down, you know, down the street here for, um, we opened up for Tectonic, Vertical Horizon, and the Gym Blossoms. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, wow. side, that, was, yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> side outs in the sand. Yeah, down in, um, I can't remember the name of the town. Oh, yeah, the, t- the town is escaping It's me. in Illinois. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's but, like right over the border. Uh, yeah, that was a blast. Oh, my God, that, that was, was hilarious. Really yeah, because we did, um, um, the, the stage is built at the end of a series of like where all of their uh, volleyball courts are. So they take they took all the nets and the okay. poles down and then so it's just basically just sand like it's just sand and sand and sand for like forever and then they have like kind of like these side uh side places where people could, like have tables and stuff but everyone who is like the, the front row junkies mm-hmm. they were all like jammed up against the divider <laughs> like from the word go and they were probably like you know six or seven people deep already yeah. um and you know, we walk out there and like, you know, nobody, nobody's there to see us. I don't care. You know, like, I mean, well, maybe, maybe like 50, maybe like 50 right. people were there to see us. The rest of everyone else there was like there to see the other bands. Yeah. And they screamed right. their faces yeah, off. They great. were so great. And Island like, Lake, that's where it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Island Lake, Illinois. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> um, you know, everyone just like screamed their faces off and we have a song that's like a call and response with the audience. And they were all just chanting at the top of their lungs. And um, it was so great. And later on, in the evening, um, we ended up having to like scurry across because the, the the stage where the way the stage was built, you couldn't walk like behind the screen, like if you needed to get from one side of the stage to the other, and we needed to get across stage. So we just like really quick like ran across stage while the the um, the crew was like switching over between bands. And as soon as we walked out there, they all just freaked mm-hmm. out. Like everyone just started screaming and yelling again. And I was fine. like, I'm like, we're just running. It's Good fine. Crowd. Like <laughs> we're not coming back. Don't worry. But um, <laughs> no, funny. it was, it was really, really funny. And like, just what a great crowd and such a fun day. And uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was a, one mm-hmm. of our, that was one of my favorites. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. 
Well, a lot of credit to you to keep the, the audience going, <laughs> for sure. It was yeah. good. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Sit Kitty Sit. Thank you for having us. Thanks, happy to be here. Why don't you introduce yourselves a little bit? Sure, sure. So my name is Kat Downs and I am piano and vocals. Yep, and I'm Mike Thompson. I do drums, percussion, and sometimes backup vocals. We're working on this. Stocking feet as if I'm in 
Paper Doll is um, basically for our whole album of Tectonic was uh, when Mike and I both separately, both separately in our lives, our like lives kind of collapsed. It was unfortunate timing. Um, and then that's where the album Tectonic was born. Um, I suffer from um, uh, manic depression and suicidal tendencies. Uh, it's just something that I live with. And Paper Doll actually covers what the sensation of being suicidal feels like to me. Um, so it's not even necessarily that the lyrics are about that, but the music itself, like kind of is what that yeah. feels like in my body. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my daughter has issues with depression now and then. So, I, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. I don't know how it feels, but I, I know how it is to be with someone, you know, that you love that has mental mm -hmm. um, difficulties. Many, 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 many people do, especially yeah. throughout this pandemic. And, you know, it's, yeah, you know, mental health is more important than ever now. High school age students have percentage of suicidal. Mm hmm. Thoughts and yeah. tries has, has risen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And it's it's really great. Like one of the things I just, you know, we're pretty loud about mental health, um, not just because of, you know, the fact that I live with it, but so many artists, we're just we're sensitive people. So a lot of us have, you know, and yep. mental and emotional problems and 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 not even just other artists, like, you know, the whole world kind of has mental and emotional problems. Yes. So one of the things that we, we like to just kind of, you know, be very open and talk about that stuff. Like, you know, we use the word suicidal and it's not like suicidal, you know, like, because honestly, it, it's not the flu. People can't catch it. <laughs> um, and and it would be great if we could take away some of the, you know, the heat behind that word or like even talking about it because, um people who are feeling like that need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. They need to admit yes. that they're feeling that way. Absolutely. And if we make it this big taboo thing, mm -hmm. then they can't do that. Like I actually have um, a friend in my life um, that I knew in California and she was so open about it all the time. And, you know, you'd be like, Oh, how are you doing today? And she's like, you know what? I was pretty suicidal when I woke up this morning, but I'm feeling a lot better now. And there was, no comedy in what she was saying. Like she wasn't trying to be funny. She right. was dead serious. And I just respected her so much for that. And I was like, thank you for telling me like, that's just, that's yeah. awesome. Good right. for you. And I'm glad you're feeling better, yes. you know, like, so yeah, it's just something I'd like to, you know, we, we like to talk about that kind of stuff just to make sure that it's just out there. It's yeah. not, it's not so taboo anymore. Yes. No. And there's lots of help out there nowadays for people that need help. Absolutely. Yes. One of the questions I ask people, people have to divide their working life with their performance life, but you guys are full-time musicians. Do you still have a work-life balance issue? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because be, I mean, when you're your own boss, like uh -huh. it's, well, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a triple Virgo. So I'm like a <laughs> hardcore perfectionist freak out person. So I am so hard on myself. Like if I don't finish my to-do list, I'm like, emo like inside my head, I'm just like slaughtering myself. <laughs> and that's not good. Cause yeah. like, even when I had a day job, my boss didn't no. do that. Yeah. You know, I'm like, and so then I'll have to sit down with myself and be like, look at Catherine. <laughs> um, you know, like let's, re let's reel it in. But, <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it is, it is a balance because on top of it so much, 
much of being a full-time musician has nothing to do with music mm -hmm. and nothing to do with creativity. No, it's sales. It's sales and business <laughs> and marketing yeah. and whatever. And like, there is a creative side to marketing, which I'm still trying to like, I'm, I'm, you know, constantly trying to reinvent so that I stay entertained with doing marketing. But like, um, it, it is, it is having to, the one thing I should say is that, that I, that I has really worked for me is like, setting an alarm on the, you know, on my, on my phone and being like, I'm going to work on the business side for this amount of time. And when the alarm goes off, I have to stop. I must stop like have to, mm -hmm. because, uh, and even if I'm in the middle yeah. of something, I have to stop because, um, again, because I, you know, I did have a corporate job for a, a number of years and whatever. And I, I know what it's like to just put your nose down and be working on a single spreadsheet for like seven hours, you know, and, and I actually don't even mind doing that work it's perfectly fine. I'm kind of a spreadsheet, you know, mm -hmm. savant. So, but like, if I don't stop myself and make myself take a break and then focus specifically on the art side, I would never do the art side mm -hmm. because the business side is so overwhelming. Gotcha. Like yeah. it's, it, it is, it's overwhelming and it's never going to be done. That was, that's the other thing is like, you're like, Oh, I just, it's just this project and that'll be finished. And then this, just this project, no. There is no finish. No. It's never done. So understanding that it's never done, it is in itself a journey and being like, mm -hmm. you get this many hours to do that and then you have to stop. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah, that's the life gotcha. part. Yeah. So there is the work right, part right. and the life part. The life part is that it'll never be done because yeah. it's the life. Yeah. It's part of this life that we lead, you know? And so that part is, you know, sort of reserved for the creative side and the daydreaming side, the the you know mental health side and, and 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 being okay with understanding that that is as important as the work side and i think a lot of people you know me especially included for sure i do too so you know you forget that you have you know if you don't balance that then one of those sides is going to suffer yep <laughs> and then and then what do you yeah. got you got yeah. crap so um it's really a, it's it's a balancing act for sure um and, and it's just even it's harder when you don't really have to report to anybody but yourself although we do now that we have a team we have to report, we have to, to, report people, to them which is great which right. and we set it up that way on purpose yeah we're like we're like we're like you have to hold us accountable of, yeah. for these things because yeah well, that's smart. yeah yeah guy yeah, i mean it's it's well, like for yeah. in, for instance, something left over from when I mean, because I I've been full time music now since like 2011, so you think I would have gotten it out of my system by now, but when I still had like a regular like nine to five or I guess technically it was like a nine to six day job or whatever, my writing yeah. time and I'm talking like music writing time that was saved for weekends usually in the, like the mid to late afternoon when I had also finished all my house chores like laundry done dishes washed blah, blah, blah. And so somehow I have it ingrained in my head that writing time is play time. And I can't sit down and write until I finish all my chores. <laughs> and like I said, that's why like the hard, the hard, there has to be a hard stop. Otherwise, because the business side is endless, right. I would never sit down and write, which is so opposite because it's like, if I just focus on the business side and I never sit down and write, we're never going to have anything to sell ever again right. because the whole business revolves around Rolls having around songs. Promoting the, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so backwards. Yeah, <laughs> that it is. Yeah, that's just makes you wonder how some people can do what you're doing with 
with a day job and not a team that's behind them. It's got to be even harder. Well, I mean, that's that, that was us. You're, yeah. well, you're, we, did that, that, we did that for years. Yeah. You know, yeah. For you know, nine years. Nine and years. is it harder now or is it, was it harder then? Uh, it know, was, we didn't get as much done then. Like that was really the, the difference is like we couldn't, projects took longer. Mm. Um, everything okay. took longer. Like we still get it done, but mm. everything took longer. Mm. Like it was, you know, if you if you released a video, you had to plan to release a video like, you know, nine months from now instead of six, like four or five, mm. you know, because um, ev- okay. everything just had to be scheduled to the nines. And then you're also working around work calendars and all this kinds of stuff. So we still we still got things accomplished. It was just really slow, really slow. Mm-hmm. As I'm wrapping this up, is there anything I haven't asked you guys yet that you'd like to talk about? I don't think so well, that, that, that's you were covers you were it pretty thorough. good that's pretty thorough <laughs> yeah i mean oh. <laughs> yeah again uh, you know um just you know take a gander at our youtube page um you know folks out there like and subscribe um you know we just want to kind of keep spreading the word as much as we can mm-hmm. we're going to probably go down mm-hmm. when's your next gigs uh right now it's just um we have, we're doing a private show down in lake geneva 23rd and then okay. the 30th really is our last show scheduled for this year. Yeah, I mean, we we'll, we might do some live streams and stuff. Yeah, but yeah our um, last our last like in person scheduled okay. show is McFleshman's on October 30th, which is a big Halloween yeah. bash they're having. And okay. uh, yeah, in Appleton. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Um, great place. Phenomenal people. Love them so much. Yeah, they're great. Um, should be a really good time. Gonna you know costume it up. We haven't decided yet what we're gonna be. Yeah, we have to figure out what our Halloween costumes are gonna be. Costumes are be. I don't know if anything can top the Blues Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's it for for live shows. So if you want to come see us live, that's the time to okay. do it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, yeah, we're, we're working go. on live streams. I mean, we've done a couple of live streams, but uh, I didn't. We didn't really have the gear set up the way that I we wanted it to uh, for optimal streaming. So mm. now we've kind of got that figured out. So we'll, we'll probably hop on and do some some live shows. Uh, yeah. You know. During the holidays and stuff. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Was there ever a time that you just you were thinking of actually walking away from music and not coming back to it? <laughs> All the time. Yeah. No, um, I'm I'm not a musician because I chose to be. I've tried to quit like five times. <laughs> and um, every time I'm like, that is it. Sweeping declaration. <laughs> I will finish my current obligations and I will walk away from this and like, I don't know, learn a new skill or a trade. Every time I've done that, within 48 hours, the phone explodes, some amazing new opportunity will come up, someone wants to hire me for something, someone will be like, hey, will you be on my album? Or like, will you help me write this thing or whatever? And so it's just like the universe, the universe just keeps pulling me back. It just keeps pulling <laughs> me back in, pulling me back in. Um, so I've just, you know, it's one of those things like, um, I've just realized that music is my calling. Um, that means sometimes that music and I are going to fight about it. Um, and that's just the way our relationship is going to be. And, but I'm, you know, I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do and I will, I will just keep at it as long as I can. Gotcha. Yep. Hey, me, no, I've always wanted that. No, this is the only thing that's ever interested me to, to do professionally. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, no, it, it's, I've never doubted for a second that I should be doing something else. What's on your playlist right now? What artists are you listening to that you feel deserve? Mm. I was listening to 
Besides I you really, guys. Well, well, thank you. I was listening to Bent Knee earlier, if you're not familiar with them. They're like a pro, like proggy, prog, 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 prog rock band, and I love them. Um, out of uh, Boston. Yeah, they're out of Boston. Boston. Um, really great people. We we know them also, but it's been a couple of years since we've seen them, so I'm always up to what I'm always curious as, as to what they're doing. Um, and their new stuff is phenomenal. So Bent Knee, great mm. great band. Yeah. Um, well, we. Uh... We met some great people um, when we played Mile of Music this year. Um, we did about we did five okay. shows for Mile of Music, and uh, we met this amazing band called Lung um, from Cincinnati. Uh, it's electric cello and drums. Um, fan, fan, oh man, nice. they're so fantastic! And, uh, yeah, and she's a she's a trained opera singer as yeah. well. So it's like she'll switch from singing rock to singing opera, and then back into rock in this in the same in one song. Yeah, phenomenal, um, <clears throat> phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. They really, Crazy. they really, really blow us away. And also, um, what was the band we saw at Fox River House? Um, oh crap! Uh, bone something. Yeah. I can't remember their name is escaping me. Crap. <laughs> um, there was a ton of yeah, ton were... of great bands, you know, on Mile Music, but but we we got paired with Lung three times over the weekend, like either opening for them or them for us, you know, just back to back. Um, and so, <laughs> so yeah, we're we probably in the future, um, we'll play again together or do a tour together or something like that. Yeah, um, we love them. So yeah, check them out uh, if you want to hear a really cool, crazy, artsy band like us. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time that you guys have given me for the podcast. Nah, it's it been was great, man. Awesome meeting you, hearing about your story. Great. Thank you so much for you, having man. us. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. I we're mean, trying. you know, it's <laughs> it's not a, a competition. You know, really, we're all in this together. You know, and and the music community just needs to support. I mean, there's a, there's enough music to go around for everybody you mm-hmm. know so it's we're all family we're all family and we gotta just you know just gotta you just gotta support yep thanks zach it's been great man thank had you a, had yeah. a really great time talking to you i as well hey everyone i hope you enjoyed that conversation with sit kitty sit check out their music on all streaming services out there or even better yet go buy the album on Bandcamp from them podcast theme music by Nate Wyckoff of Frequency Farm Recording Studio. Voiceover by Dean Bundy. Syndicated on CWHipHop.com, Wisconsin's online radio hip-hop station. Wisconsin Music Podcast was created, edited, mixed, and mastered by Zach T. Fell of ZTF Studio. Have a great week, everybody. See you next time.
Thunder when the dead 